driving her to work and I'm supposed to drop her off and then go to and I'm supposed to go to work and we look to the left and we see it's Keith Richards and expensive winos are playing a sold-out show at the Palladium so on the quick five-minute drive from there to Western I come up with a plan you're just like we're going to that show <laughs> yeah it's sold out we have no tickets yeah. I'm working he's working and he's like I'm dropping you off and you're getting off work. I'm going to come back and get you. And we're going to that show. It's all about you. It's all about me. It's all about you. It's all about us. At this point, you'd been uh, working at the Tropicana for a little while. And I'd been working uh, with body language for quite some time. And... I've been um, in, in and out of the studio, um, doing demos, working with record companies, different producers. You were gone all the time. Yeah, it was it was ban this, ban that. So I mean, I was at rehearsal, writing songs, at the studio, doing gigs, um, doing press conferences, having management meetings, whatever. I was like crazy busy trying to get this. Uh, new band Mad Moxie signed, had had a publishing deal with Pal Joey, and that publishing company was going to shop the record, and I had a lot of record companies just waiting for it, and then the singer thing happened. And you have to start kind of all over again, and so yeah. you were trying to, you were, you were working harder, because I literally never saw you, and I always thought everybody else came before me, and I started getting kind of sad and bitter and angry, and yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, when we did work with Ed, the office where we would do our meetings or where we would do whatever, it was very close. Johnny Teagarden, literally, her, her place was downtown, like right next to Skid Row. So that alone... Oh, just the drive Just alone. that alone took up a whole day mm. instead of like a few hours. Hmm. So anytime there was a meeting, hmm. that was a whole day. Um, we would go there and do photo shoots or do different things. And um, so it was, and it was also, we were restructuring things and we we're trying to come up with new ideas and, you know, and flyering harder than ever. And uh, Mad Moxie eventually got a huge following and um, well-respected on the strip. All the bands wanted to play with us. They were willing to pay top dollar to play with us. Tons of record companies coming out and checking us out. Had already started working a little bit with Enigma. But yeah, I was I was crazy busy, mm-hmm. and then um, and since our, we were new, kind of in LA, I, you know, I never really drove anywhere. I, I actually, to be honest, I didn't even know there was a freeway because everything I did was kind of on Sunset or Hollywood or um, Laurel Canyon, right? So even though the Tropicana actually overlooked the freeway, yeah, but I never had to go on it. Yeah. You know, for no, you no didn't reason. Have to. There's no. no reason to, right? I didn't know my way around. Yeah. Well, you drove everywhere. If we were together or if we weren't, you drove and dropped me off. So, yeah, there was no understanding of like how far you would have to drive and that took up time. Or because nowadays it's like, oh, you're going there. Oh, I'll see you in about seven hours. 
Right. You realize that if you're driving, you're gone. That's a, yeah. I, mm-hmm. Just think about it. That, early on, I said, you can only schedule to do one thing a day. Oh, yeah. You used to say that to me all the time because I would schedule all this stuff and I would get so upset. You're, you're so like, frustrated. You were yeah. always upset. And you were you were upset that I was never home, mm-hmm. and even though you were just like, all you had to do was this, and I'm just like, it takes all day, yeah, to do anything, which I just didn't get, didn't understand, yeah, yeah, and it, mm-hmm. you know, it's still people from other parts of the country don't get it. Life is tough, especially when you're you know new and you don't know the ropes of the city. So I wasn't having that great of a time, you know. Just negotiating Los Just, Angeles. Yeah, yeah. And which yeah. is, if you're, you know, if you're hanging out together and having a great time, which we'd been doing all the way up to this point, uh-huh. um, you kind of weather it. You deal with it. Well, we have responsibilities now. We had that apartment. <laughs> yeah, I think the apartment, We had you a know, car. We the, had two cars now. The apartment would almost put a nail in the coffin. No, it was the Tropicana. Well, well it was okay. all in, together. Yeah. It was all... The, the, yeah. the Tropicana was the apartment, and the apartment was the Tropicana. Yeah, so the Tropicana, you know how, the, how that song goes, girls, 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 Tropicana's where I lost my heart. I always say, Tropicana's where I lost my soul. Because <laughs> wow, I yeah. it took me down. You know, I just was like, oh my gosh, I can't leave here until the lease runs out of that apartment. Like you have to still work at the Tropicana. Yes, because what am I going to get that's going to be able to afford to pay that? I couldn't think of anything. And then once you're used to making that much money, you're like, <gasps> you know. And I remember going to like an, um, what are they called? I think- a temp agency, and they did a test on me, and they're like, oh, yeah, you don't know how to type. Oh, yeah, uh, you have no skills. And I was yeah. like, I don't have any skills. Right. Like you're, you're unemployable, basically right. what they're trying to tell you. I don't know if you know remember this, but whenever we got, whenever you're like, "Hey, I want this apartment," I've already put money on it, uh-huh. and then of course, like I, maybe you told me later that you lost the money on the first one or whatever, uh-huh. and just the amount of money. And the, I was so happy with the Beechwood place, and I know it was a shithole. I know, you know? I know. And then I was like, "Look, I, I can't, I can't come up with," and it was like four hundred bucks, and so we were splitting it, so it was two hundred dollars each plus the utilities. So let's say it was two fifty a piece uh-huh. to do it. Whenever you, you wanted the new place so bad, you said, you know what? I'll pay the difference. I did. And, and the thing is, I thought I could handle that place for a year. So if I'm paying two fifty and the, and the thing's eight fifty, that means 600 bucks is on you. Which is really not that big of a deal working there. Well, but but to work there, I had to drink. I had to do drugs. You know, everybody. First of all, it was the eighties, so everybody was doing drugs. Everybody was doing crystal in the bathroom, and you know, but that really wasn't my drug of choice. So yeah, I was real um, anti-drug. And Shane was very anti-drug. In fact, when we first met, I had been doing drugs, and Shane's like, you know, I don't want to date someone that does drugs. So he told me that right away, like the first day, because when he said, "Do you want to go back to my hotel room?" When I met him, I thought that meant there's a party there. And he just wanted to take a shower. And so I could tell he was like innocent, plus he got that Coke. And I, and I was like, wow, he's 
He's you Coca-Cola. know Coca-Cola. Right, Coca-Cola. <laughs> That's <laughs> to true. To be clear. That's true. The Coca-Cola. I, I was drinking Coca-Cola, not right. even drinking alcohol. Right. So I was like, oh, he's so innocent. And so I was far I, from innocent. Well, okay. You weren't a drug addict. Right. And at the time, I kind of was. Yeah. And I stopped because I wanted a boyfriend more than doing drugs. But then when right. I started the Tropicana. Right. It might have started a little before that. It just got out of control. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, it probably started um, whenever Pal Joy was on stage mm-hmm. and all the girls all the from Dallas. Girls, they had drugs. They always had drugs. They always had drugs. Yeah. yeah they'd be doing there. ecstasy or they'd be doing cocaine. Yeah. Snorting it. Yeah. You know, it's always that kind of Here thing. Here and there, yes. But, it, but, you know, I couldn't buy them, buy drugs, but I could when I worked at the Tropicana. Right, and you couldn't whenever you were working at uh, Altamont's, obviously. Yeah. You know? and and so I, yeah. I think things were clean there, and then as soon as you started at the Tropicana, and then, mm-hmm. you know, then you're having, and it's all that disposable money. Uh-huh. It's that stripper money. Mm-hmm. It's that money that you can make $1,000 one night, but you weren't counting on making 1000 bucks. So, gosh, if, if you spent it all that night, you're not any worse huh? off than you were the day before. Easy come, easy and, go. And if it if you make maybe, mm-hmm. maybe you'll make it again the next night. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that money that's all disposable money, and mm-hmm. it's all like cash, mm-hmm. and it and it's even if it's not in big bills, it's almost easier to spend. Yeah, and you know, and like I think even today, if you could make that much money doing stuff like that, um, the funny thing is, most businesses they don't even take cash. You know what I mean? They're not. Ba- it's not easy. To pay someone yeah. cash. The, the people work there at Starbucks, if you take them cash, chances are they have no idea how to figure out your change. <laughs> well, that's nowadays. Yeah, that's what cash. I'm saying. Yeah. These, these days, you could almost put the cash in the bank, and then you'd have your card, and you'd almost be more responsible. because the there Because there would be a deposit amount, and you would see that in the bank. No, but I'm not back, sure. back then, that wasn't no. happening. No. It was a stack of money. No. You may not even have counted it. Yeah. At one point you may have, but it just... Right. And so then, you know, then you're doing drugs, but I'm not going to tell Shane because he'll, he'll break up with me and I don't want that. So I would bring home drugs. I never knew when Shane would be home. I never knew if you were going to be home at two, three, four. And so... Some... And we had a... Um, this, com- this comes into play. Sorry to interrupt. What? But weed. What? Weed. Oh, our little kitty cat? Weed, yeah. Weedle. Some, yeah, weedle. Some, weedle deedle dee. Yeah. Somebody... Um, we're pretty certain it was a fan of the band yeah. that gave us the cat. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, we had the cat. The cat's got to be involved in a, in a story. Okay. Why? Because she used to take my $1 bills and, and play with them, and then when we moved, we found like all this money under the refrigerator. Oh, well, that's true. <laughs> no, I was talking about because you had all these marks on your arms, and you blamed it on the cat. <gasps> oh, I didn't remember that. Yeah. Oh. So if the cat doesn't exist, the marks on the arm you can't. T- you can't. Oh. And I almost think they used to play with stuff and have her give you a couple. I don't know what you used to do because well, I, I did wasn't, wash her one time. I wasn't she home. Did scratch me. <laughs> I, yeah, I wasn't home, and I know I'd come back and I'd be like, "What is that weird smell? Yeah. Something, sm- you know?" And it was like. And it smelled like, okay, the weird smell. And see, I kept all this from Shane. And he'd go, what's that weird smell? And I had just done some crystal. And the crystal was made with like, um, 
film developer or something, and it smelled yeah. really gross. Well, and I like, yeah. and I would say, oh, I just put this lotion on, and he was like, oh my god, it's so bad, we gotta throw it away. And he would throw it in the trash can, and then when he wasn't looking, I'd take it out, and he goes, oh, why are you, why are you keeping that? And I'm like, oh yeah, and I throw it away. And then when he wasn't looking again, I take it out because I knew it wasn't, the, the, you know that, but I didn't want him to break up with me. So yeah, there was a lot of little bit of lying. I was sneaking around. He, I'd wait till he'd fall asleep and make sure he was totally asleep, and I'd stay up all night. And then you'd wake up maybe at noon, and I would be drinking to try to like calm down from being up all night. And you'd be like, "Why are you drinking?" At, yeah, because I, I mean, she wasn't like a big drinker, even uh, though what backwards again to the toy tiger when she. I didn't realize how much partying she did with her ex-boyfriend but I did realize that after I told her I didn't want her doing drugs and she was whatever I would find her drunk and laying in the bathroom floor Uh Mm -hmm. at the toy tiger yeah and you'd have to ask some girl to go like like, can you find my girlfriend in the bathroom is there there a pretty girl um, (laughs) in there maybe laying on the floor oh my god because you do that a few times I know how embarrassing and um it's because you're not a good drinker, but you were probably trying to stop doing... I didn't want to do drugs because you were like, I don't want to be with somebody that does drugs. And you're in a bar. You can get alcohol. Yeah. But I didn't really want to drink alcohol. Yeah. It's a totally ca- different buzz, right. obviously. But in the Tropicana, it's legal to drink, not do drugs. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So... And, you know, since you're doing meth and coke and crank and uh, crack whatever. and... It's like whatever, whatever you speed could get. That yeah. you could get whatever um, speed style drug you could get, you could drink and it wouldn't even affect you. Or just make you like come down a little bit and that'd be great. <laughs> well, I guess, yeah, maybe affected yeah. you in a, in a decent way instead of a yeah. laying on the bathroom floor way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so we started, our, our relationship started having some problems that we never mm-hmm. had in the past. Everyone still looked at us and was like, you guys are the perfect couple and this is great and this is whatever. But, you know, the truth of the matter is, is whenever I was home during the day, or you were never there. So I don't know where you were. Hmm. So when I was home, you weren't there, you know? And then whenever apparently you were home, I wasn't there. Yeah, it's weird. And so we know. never saw each other at home. Yeah. And if we did, it was just, it would be for just like a little bit, maybe. Yeah. And the truth of the matter is, is you were just waiting for me to go to sleep at that point. So you could do towards, drugs. Towards the end, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Towards the end. See, that's kind of giving stuff away a little bit. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So at this point, (laughs) I would come home and she was just kind of waiting for me to go to sleep so she could do the drugs that she had stashed somewhere. And I think at one point, bringing up Weedle, (laughs) the black kitty that was given to me by some fan, I I was like, what? What is what's wrong with your arms? What is that with your arms? And then I, I don't know if I would say, you know, are you doing drugs? If I'd asked you directly or whatever, and like, oh no, I was trying to, I was trying to wash the cat, and the cat scratched me on my arms and this, that, and the other, and I was just like, oh okay. And then then one time I was like, thinking, man, she's acting pretty wonky. Where are the drugs? And then yes, and and I, and I, I said, was such not a drug user, right? I didn't even know. Like, there's standard places that you hide drugs. <laughs> right. And, and, you know, 
only other people that don't know that besides me are the police, I think, that know well, exactly where this area is. Yeah. And you were areas. so innocent in that way yeah. that I said, no, I'm not doing any drugs. You can search me. Search here. Take this and that. And they were in that standard place. Yeah. And you didn't even look. He's yeah. like, okay. Yeah. I think I just took her word. I think the fact that she handed me whatever it was that mm-hmm. I thought the drugs might be in, it was the old psych out. And she was like, well, here, no, check I, it out. I actually didn't think he would look there. That's what I'm saying. Well, I mean, Josso, right. Yeah. You know. I wasn't thinking, I'm going to psych him out because I don't think that way. But I was like, he's not going to look there because he doesn't have that brain. But what affected me wasn't even that I was trying to look through there. I think I just got psyched out, even though even if you weren't trying to. Okay. If you were handing it to me, I'm thinking, oh well, nobody's really used to look. You know, my maid gave it like a little look over and went, okay. Yeah. You know, just because you handed it to me, but I thought she's not going to hand me something that's got drugs in it. Right. I wouldn't even have known with crystal and with you know meth and stuff like that how small the package could have been. To keep you up for days. I know now. Well, but back then, I didn't know. Well, really, my drug of choice was cocaine. I know, but... Yeah, but if I couldn't get that, I would... Or people would give you... So you, you would be at work at the Tropicana, and they'd be like, do you, want, do you want a line of crystal? And you're like, okay. And you would just go in the stall, and I was like, I don't want to waste it by snorting it. And I would put it and save it for later. Would you do a noise so they thought you did it? Or it was just so loud. I, and you didn't I think it was to. so loud yeah. with all the noise. Yeah, I know. All the girls farting and everything. Yeah. You couldn't even hear it. <laughs> farting. There's no music. <laughs> oh my gosh! I mean, you know, there are. It is backstage with girls that are half naked, showering and getting their makeup on and all that. But <laughs> so, so when guys aren't around, girls are. You know, they make kind of weird noises like that sometimes. You know, it's very interesting because, you know, I, in the ballet company, I was around a bunch of girls that are naked getting ready for, you know, the show and putting makeup on, and they're a different kind of I person. Say, generally, those kind of people are a little more polite. Right. That's a different kind of person than backstage. The, the person that was, that was body slamming you <laughs> at the yeah. mud wrestling rink. Right. right. Yeah, yeah, that was a different person. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. I definitely know a lot of those girls because I would drive some of those girls to the bachelor party. Some of them had that kind of... And they were doing that in front of you? No, but they were... They were well, like, some of the stuff they'd say, they'd burp really loud. I was going to say a burp, that could be it. Like, yeah. they, like outrageously loud, like louder than any man you've ever heard. <laughs> and then the other one was uh, one of the girls would be down there doing the floor show. Uh-oh. And she'd, have, she'd be all, like her with the legs all spread and stuff like that. I don't think like I want to know this. And then I... I go back and be like, she'd be like, I can't believe it. Those guys were trying to look and pretend like they're going to be able to see anything at the floor show. And I just farted all over their faces. <laughs> oh my God. She's probably lying. I don't think so. <laughs> and I thought, wow, that, that's freaking hilarious. You know? And she's like, I was eating bean burritos all last night. And she I, was, just, I swear, I think girls say stuff like that, but it's not true. Okay, we'll go with that then. <laughs> Girls don't fart. <laughs> sure. And if they do, it smells like roses. Well, of course. Of course. That's why the guys were loving it so much. It smelled like roses. And we didn't get that far. Of course it smells like roses. What else would it smell like? <laughs> oh. So, yeah. So we got that going for us. So, yeah, it's, it, 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 things got pretty rough. To be honest, one of the things that... Um, 
that got me and I knew that your the job was affecting you is um it was probably you know I know now that I've had more experience in the drug area um I don't like speed coke or any of that kind of stuff straight I don't never you know and it makes me jittery and I don't like if someone wants to touch me I'm just like you know mm-hmm. someone wants to reach out and touch me I would jump away mm-hmm. whatever but that's what you started doing to me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, you know, you mm-hmm. told me you weren't on drugs. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I was like, okay, well, it can't be that she's on drugs. But, like, I just, like anything, just walk past you and, and put my arm on you or my hand on you somewhere or, you know, whatever. And where you were com- fully comfortable and, you know, probably mm-hmm. happy for me to touch you in the past, at that point, you were jumping from me. Hmm. You know what I mean? You're almost leaping hmm. away from me. Huh. And that kind of does a number on your psyche. And you probably thought it was because I worked at the Tropicana and I was around all these guys. And you're, you're probably like, oh, she probably just doesn't want to be around another guy. Yeah. 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 I, 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 I was, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Uh-huh. I was like, she's just been around so many. And then again, I watched that with the girls that I drove. Oh. So we'd go to a party and there'd be, you know, mm-hmm. 50 drunk guys there. All of them smelling like beer breath and belching all over the place and doing whatever. And, you know, they can't even walk through and dance because all of them are grab, you know, reaching for them and grabbing for them. And so they're all twitching and jumping away from stuff. And so, yeah, I come home and my fiance, because, I mean, hell, we had rings. Uh-huh. We, had, we were buying baby furniture, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> It's like, you know, I mean... We had a cat. We obviously were getting married and having children. And, and um, you know, it was just a matter of when, but it was certainly in the stars. That's what was going to happen. But now that person is, is not very affectionate toward me. And not only that's running from me and then never home. And then when you are home, you know, I kind of just had that feeling like you were just waiting for me to yeah. to go to sleep. Right. You know what I mean? And then I'd wake up, like you said, and you were still awake. And I'm thinking, mm-hmm. she must have slept on the couch. Oh, it's probably just... And you, never, that, you were never asleep, is what it was. So. Yeah. But again, I was thinking, well, she told me she's not on drugs. So I wasn't thinking uh-huh. her up all night. So I'm thinking, now well, she's not even sleeping in the bed with me. Like I'd look over and the pillow was still the same. And, yeah. you know, you didn't even come to bed. And, mm-hmm. and like, did you come to bed? Oh, it was really late. I didn't want to disturb you. I slept on the couch. And that's all like... Tell yeah, tell signs that you know you're not into me anymore. There was a time I did so many drugs that I had swollen lymph nodes under my arms, my neck. Remember this? And I remember we went home for Christmas. Your uncle's a, a doctor, and he was like, "This doesn't look good. This could be like a, a cancer. You should get another opinion." And I went and got a book. Uh, this kind of started me on a, a kind of a healing thing. Um, back to Eden. There was a book called Back to Eden, and there was a cancer diet. And we did that together. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh-huh. I remember that. That was the first fast I ever did. Uh-huh. And for it was like a, a week. I of... think we did it for 10 days or something. I mean, because in three days, all of these lymph nodes and all my symptoms I was having, which I never related to that it was drugs. Yeah. You right, know? Right. Um, went away like yeah. that. And I was like, oh, and I felt good. You felt really good. I did for a while. Well, until you went on stage, and <laughs> but I went on. Yeah, you know, I didn't have any gigs mm-hmm. until the very end. Well, let, wait, wait, we, let me tell you. So I, I need, I wanted to do that, and you said 
I'll do it with you because if if I don't do it with you, you won't stick on it. Yeah. So you did it, which was really sweet. And you did it. And when you're on something like that, you have to gradually get off of it. You can't just have something really terrible to eat. It will put your body into shock. And that's kind of what you did. Well, I downed a Budweiser. And you felt like you were going to throw up. Oh, yeah. It was awful. Yeah. It was like a crazy head rush. Yeah. And it was something I was used to doing on stage. Because I used to actually drink at the bachelor parties. I do shots of tequila and stuff, Hmm. you know, but it never really... You know, just to keep the bachelor happy and keep it going and just keep mm-hmm. whatever. And I would um, I would drink beers on stage and some shots. People would send up. This must have been before um, Mothers Against Drunk Drivers. Well, was I right. really do. I think it's before that because um, you could drink and drive for the longest time. Well, that was in Kentucky. No, but even out here, I think you could have two drinks an hour. Or one an hour or something. There was it's a different rule. It's gotten less and less and less since the uh, mad started. Right. Well, I know the percentages of like mm-hmm. blood alcohol ratios changed yeah. throughout time. Yeah. Used to be a lot higher than now it's like yeah. 0.08 or whatever it is. Yeah. But um anyways, that was a little off subject. But. Yeah, that's all right. It's all right. Um so yeah, I would I would um so I was we were at Gazari's and um you know, Bill's up there, you know, hey, the next best Tommy, come and on yeah, out here. People would give you all shots. And, and they would be, send you up know, shots yeah. of whiskey and Crown Royal and and um, So you chugged you chug that beer and what and happened? I, I maybe even had a shot and a beer. <laughs> I remember seeing that and going, what did he do? I remember being so upset that and you I, did that. Yeah, and I just did it. I didn't even think, think about it. Yeah, It was just a, something I just did all the time. Didn't even think about it. You're up there putting all that energy out and all that stuff, you didn't even get a buzz. Right. You know what I mean? You just it's, you sweat the alcohol right out. Right. You didn't do anything. But that time, yeah. it, was, it was like, you know, I got hit by a train. Yeah. And um, I barely made it to the end of the set, and I went upstairs, and I think I puked. Oh, my God. You know, yeah, in, your in body was uh, clean, and you put in poison. Yeah, I put in straight <laughs> poison. Right. And um, that's how I broke my first fast. I, I would say I would recommend not never do that doing that no. to anyone uh, listening today. Yeah. Um, so basically, um, what happens here is we'd been at the uh, seventy four hundred Hollywood Boulevard for what eleven months or something at this point. Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. and when did you get the idea that we should? Uh, I don't know. I guess it's kind of been, was brewing, and I think I was trying to work on our relationship, but. It, I didn't get what was really going on. So when the lease ended, I said, let's break up and get our shit together, which I found out later Shane didn't even know what get your shit together meant. But it was really, I needed to get my shit together. But I kept blaming things on him. I think drug addicts do that. They blame other people. They absolutely point the finger. Right. And so I'm blaming Shane for you're not home. You're, you know, that's more important than me. Everybody, everything's more important than me. It's you. You, you know. I think that's where I came up with the uh, mm-hmm. initial thing. It's just like, you're the most important woman in my life, and that's a category all its own. Yeah, I didn't know? get that. And and this is what you're, you're, you're competing with something that doesn't, if I was spending my time with other people, or especially other women, I can understand you being upset. But I'm trying to make a, a a move for our future, and to take care of our family and our kids and all this stuff that we have in our 
You know, this is my mindset. Right, and my mindset is I'm a drug addict, and I'm I'm blaming because that's what they do. So I'm going to blame you for anything. So I said, let's break up and get our shit together. Yeah, that's kind of how we kind of left it. And yeah, I moved in with. Elizabeth, who he wanted me to move in with in the beginning. Day one, the very first. I thought she was moving in with Elizabeth the day we moved to California. So I moved in with her, and you, where'd you go? With Tommy. I moved in with Tommy. Um, The Foothills in Burbank was actually a beautiful condo. Um, A guy named John had it. He was the staff photographer for Aerosmith. Hmm. And one of his buddies was Derek St. Holmes, the guitar player, singer, songwriter for Ted Nugent. Mm. He wrote, you know, sang Stranglehold and Free For mm-hmm. All. He's the voice of Ted Nugent. There's oh. Ted Nugent. Oh, up. I've seen him in concert. He's really, yeah, yeah. we saw him in Nashville. Yeah, at one I know of the who you're talking shows. about. Yeah, he's yeah, wonderful. What a great voice. Amazing voice. He's a great guitar player. Actually, he, he taught me a lot about the business while mm-hmm. we, we moved out there. And I mm-hmm. spent time with Derek. I, I was like, yeah, okay, as far as like us splitting up because I wasn't happy anymore. Yeah. All I ever remember, I, all I used to be was is I had all this stuff going on, and I'd come home, and you'd be there, and you'd be yeah. happy happy I was home, and we'd have a great time together, and I could tell you what I did. And, <laughs> and now I'm like, how, how, how am I going to do my drugs? Yeah. Now I come home and start tell, talking about what I did, and you're like, oh, okay, yeah, I got some stuff I got to do over here because she's mm-hmm. just trying to shut me down, so mm-hmm. I go to sleep because mm-hmm. you're not going to do drugs mm-hmm. in front of me. So I move in with Elizabeth, which is on Pico and Robertson, uh, around um, where all the Sikhs live, where um, Yogi Bhajan and, you know. Right, where the, what you call it, is the ashram. Yeah, the ashram. And And, um, somehow, during this time, um, I come to the realization, I don't know how I came to this realization, that I think it took months and I, I just realized that I will never be in a relationship if I don't if I don't stop doing drugs and drinking. I was like, you know what? That's but I really want to be in a relationship. I really want to be married. I really want to have a kid. This so I am going to get my shit together. I think this a girl at the Tropicana that could tell that something was going on with me, and she kept asking over and over all the time, "You should go to this AA meeting with me. You should go to this AA meeting with me." And I'm like. No, no, no. Finally, I went to shut her up. So I go. Now, I'm trying to get out of the Tropicana, so I'm there less, you know, because now I don't have the big payment. So I go to this AA meeting with her because I just wanted her to stop asking me. And she had been a heroin addict, and and she was going to AA, which I didn't, I just didn't understand how that all worked. But she took me to this really cool one. It was in Beverly Hills, and... I want to say who I saw there. Say it. I know, but it's anonymous. Alcoholics Anonymous. Mm-hmm. But, well, but the people that 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 I'm going to say have kind of come out, and you kind of known they they were sober, and they you know. Right. It wasn't like a David Bowie, was it? That was later, but oh, well, well, David was, Bowie died, so you can probably say right. That. I, I, it was an Ozzy Osbourne, was it? Well, that was later too. This was the first meeting I ever went was to. Was it Robert Downey Jr. Was it? He could have been there, but no. It, it wasn't, was uh, Vince Neal and Rob Lowe. I was going to say Rob Lowe was my next call. Yeah, Rob Lowe and Vince Neal. And the girl that spoke. Ooh, that was probably around the time that Vince had this accident and killed uh, that the maybe. guy from. Um, maybe. And they had to go. Like yeah. People ha- some people got, you know, it was a, it was 
in a yeah, nice place. It was all lit up nice, like it had a good vibe. And I think there was a lot of people that had a lot of time. So it wasn't real draggy and depressing. And the girl that spoke, she had everything I wanted. She was like, oh, yes, I toured with the Beatles or something. I mean, like, I'm like, what? She toured with the Beatles? Like, she said things that I was like, that got my attention. I listened. And then I was like, huh, okay, this is what I have to do. And they had these promises. Oh, we'll promise your life will get better. Well, I want my life to get better. So what do I have to do? You have to get a sponsor. So I was like, okay, I'm going to get a sponsor. So I go up to this. They do at the very end, they'll go, hey, who... Who is available to be a sponsor? And they raised people raised their hands. So I went up to this lady and I was like, I need a sponsor. And she's like, Great. Now this is an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting. So I got this woman that's I guess apparently an alcoholic. But back in those days, it was kind of cool to go to AA meetings. So I have a feeling this girl really wasn't a huge alcoholic. I think she was in it for like to be cool. Because I started doing the steps with her, and on the fourth step was when you write down everything you have done to somebody else, and you need to apologize. But you have to, you have to tell the, that person first, right? Yeah. yeah. I'm trying to remember. No, the fourth step. That's right. Yeah, four, yeah. So I'm telling her. So she's like, okay. Make amends. We're going to. your fourth step. Yeah, but you yeah. have to read it to her, right? Well, you might have to. Well, she, oh, yeah. whatever she did, she wanted me to read the, this fourth step to her, and then I'm going to go and apologize to people. So she takes me to the King's Row Cafe, and there's all these people, and I'm like, she has absolutely no clue all the terrible shit I've done, and I cannot say this in this coffee shop cafe. Yeah, that's ridiculous. To, to do something like that in public, something that's people's most personal, private No, I was like, she situations. has I mean, no clue. What a, what a moron. Yeah, I guess you're probably right. Yeah, initially you have to admit... That you're powerless and admit the stuff to another. You only need one other person, one other alcoholic. That's her. Okay. So that's what you were doing there. Yes. And then after that, you right. make amends with other people. Right. Whenever it's whenever it's at all possible, and it doesn't cause them more harm than than not knowing what you're about to tell them. What, you know right. what I mean? You have to balance it out and say, if this is going to make it even worse, right? I'm not going to say it. So that's what we were doing. Yeah. And I realized then she was, she was not, not your girl. No. She was not the girl. I ended up finding somebody else. I kind of went and did something that you weren't supposed to do. I got a guy. Because I heard this man speak, and he had a worse story than me. And I went, oh, he'll understand. I feel comfortable telling him all the terrible stuff I have written down here that I've done in my life and that I've done to other people, which I I didn't do that many things to other people. I mainly did bad things to myself. But... Fair enough, yeah. So I got him, and you know, we went through the steps. And at a certain point, I was like, oh my gosh, I realized where me and Shane's problem went, where our problem was, and it was me. And I wanted to make an amends to you. So I called you up, and I was like, I'm going to make an amends and tell you the truth. And I was like, hey, you know, I was doing drugs that whole time, and that's why. We had issues. It was all my fault. And you were just like, what? And you were so shocked. And you were like, our whole relationship was a lie? Yeah, it freaked me out. And I hadn't dealt, even though I was raised by an alcoholic. Uh, sorry, Mom. 
I didn't get it. You he know? didn't understand. And it's not like she ever apologized for it or, you know, anybody I'd ever met before had ever done that. So, and that's the reason I'm so far against it is because when, you know, mother lived and died an alcoholic. Yeah. And um, it, especially when I was young, affected me in a really bad way. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want anyone lying to me. As I grew up and became more of a man and also became a little more experienced in other areas, you know, I would have handled you telling me that entirely differently. I know, but, but, he, but you said... At the time, I was very young. And you said, I, I never want to see you again. Yeah, I was mad. I was, I was as bad as I thought it was because I thought if... I knew when I met you that you were my girl. And mm-hmm. the fact that we were split up and it didn't work was mind-boggling to me. Mm-hmm. I never saw that ever happening. I thought when I apologized and you realized, yeah. oh my gosh, and I said it was all my fault, look what I was doing, you would go, oh, and we'd get back together. Yeah. So it was mind-boggling that you were yeah. like, I never want to see you again. I yeah. was like, what? Um, but at the time, I was completely naive to it. And all I heard was the person I trusted the most just told me that they lied to me all the time. And, and I didn't look at it as a lie. I looked no. at it as I was protecting myself because I didn't want you to break up with me. Sure, I know. I was doing it to yeah. myself. I wasn't doing it to you. But yeah. so... So sadly... So sadly... Um, you know, terribly sorry for, for how I reacted. Um, well, you know. till next time. It is what it is. Next time, that night, who did I have to wrestle? Oh, mm-mm, Darcy. And the first of all, the pit was as big as the entire room. And the people that were there that came to see us, well, there wasn't that many. And the guys had briefcases and giant guns on top of the briefcases. And I'm pretty sure there's probably cocaine in these briefcases. I mean, it was shady. For more information, like photos and videos, hit us up on our socials or check out our website, allaboutyoupodcast.com. Till next time. Bye. Bye.